without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson, also known as the Props King. I'm calling you the Props King now, Brandon. Welcome. You've been crowned as the Props King. This is your Tuesday workshop. We're breaking down the play-in games. On Tuesday, we have two games to determine the number seven seed in each conference. The Los Angeles Clippers take on the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, and Brandon's repping it on, on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can see he's wearing his Wolves shirt. Wolves are three-point favorites. Total, 230, down a little bit from 230 uh, and a half at open. This open two and a half. It's gone up to Wolves minus three. I think that's interesting. Saw some fours in the market last night, so we'll talk about that in a second. And... The in the east, the Brooklyn Nets host the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nets are eight and a half point favorites. Line does not moved. Total open 229 and a half, moved down to 228 and a half. Everything we talk about today, everything, all of it can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way be to track your NBA futures, your playoff picks, get Raheem and Brandon's picks, props from the prop king, get all the analysis. I'll have breakdowns on everything to help you figure out matchups, all that kind of stuff. Check it out in the award-winning Action Network app. Raheem, my man, we have postseason games. Let's talk Wolves Clippers. Uh, am I right that you're going to be on the Clippers in this? Yes, I'm totally on the Clippers in this matchup. Look, I mean, this cl- these two teams have been two of the hottest teams since the All-Star break. Obviously, you got the Wolves. They're 15-8 and eight since the break, fourth-best net rating, but – after going 11 and 5 in the last day of February and March, they've been 3 and 2 since in April. And look, they had that devastating 132 114 loss to Washington Wizards in a game that they needed. That game might have kept them out of the play in tournament because they actually had the, the, the tiebreaker over the Denver Nuggets. They lost that game. And the biggest thing I see is that the Clippers have the advantage at the perimeter. I mean, this team is absolutely dominant as far as scoring right now. They're scoring. 127 points per one to possessions over the last couple of weeks. You got Paul George, you got Norman Powell back and you have this Minnesota Timberwolves team, which their defensive shot profile really isn't the best. They're allowing the seventh highest three point attempts and the Clippers are second in three point shooting. So they're going to be able to dominate from behind the arc. But more importantly, what did this Minnesota Timberwolves team, how do they make their living? They make their living from forcing turnovers. This is a team which is third in forcing turnovers, but they're facing a Clippers team which really doesn't turn the ball over that much. The Clippers are top 10 in turnover rate on offense. So I think you just have these two teams, which I believe are just, you got a more experienced team in the Clippers and you got a young team in the Minnesota Timberwolves who just can't stop the perimeter defense. I mean, offense from the Clippers. So I really like the Clippers in this matchup. And then when you look back at the, they played they play four times this year. Clippers won the season series 3-1, and they actually held Carl Anthony Towns down. So I think the wrong team might be favored in this matchup. All good stuff. All good stuff. I'm I'm trying to sort my way through this. I I think I'm leaning with you on the Clippers here. Um, let's start with this. What's your number on this? 
It's actually three. Okay. So you've got it right on the dot. Yeah, I got a three right on the dot. It's the post-All-Star break numbers. And I think the big problem with just using the post-All-Star break numbers is just the fact that Paul George came back six games ago. And Paul George and Norman Powell only played two games together. Yeah, okay. So you've got a Wolves minus three right now? Yeah. Well, let's work backwards then. All right. Let, let's even with the, the impact that George has had on the numbers so far, right? Let's over let's overcorrect for that. How much do we think Paul George has worked to the spread? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say about three points. Yeah, bookmakers like Paul George a lot. He's always yeah. graded out well. He was it was surprising me when I asked bookmakers a couple of years ago for the for the most impactful players of the spread. PG was up there. Yeah. So let's go ahead and give him three. So that makes this a pick 'em, and that puts Matt value on the Clippers. Um, the money line's only plus one twenty five. I wish it. I wish this was a little higher, right? Like you wish yeah. you were getting like one thirty, one forty on this, but at plus one twenty five. I guess here's the question. Uh, do you need the points? Like, are, do, is this a bet the, bet the points, sprinkle money line? Is this bet the points and the money line? Or is this just bet the money line? Honestly, I feel good just betting the money line. Okay. But I, 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 I mean, look, if you're going to give me three points with the team that I feel like is the better team, more season, I, I got to take it. In the three matchups this season. Okay, this is interesting. In the matchups this season versus the Clippers, Anthony Edwards has a plus 6.4 net rating when he's on court. That seems notable. That feels like that matters. Uh, Towns, whoo, oh boy. 15 points on 42% shooting. When Carl Anthony Towns has been on the court versus the Los Angeles Clippers this season, the Wolves have lost by 21.5 points per 100 possessions. 21.5. That's not good. That does not make me feel good about the Minnesota Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell's even worse. It's 29.6, but he only played 30 minutes. He got absolutely – but, yeah, they got they got destroyed in Towns' minutes. They got absolutely annihilated. Uh, Brandon, while I'm formulating kind of like it, my final thoughts here, where do you lean on this? We'll get to your props in a second. Do you have a side or total that you like in this game? Yeah, unfortunately, as a Timberwolves fan, I will not be playing this one. I, I have too much invested in my heart already on this game. We don't get a lot of postseason games around here as a Timber- Timberwolves fan, so you got to play this one without my wallet. However, I would lean Clippers here, but I'm going to take the points. I'm not going to play the money line. We know like the experience factor, I think, is a huge, huge factor here. And we, we can, I think, overstate experience a lot of times in playoff series. This is not a series, though. This is one game, and the experience is just off the charts to one side here. Not just for the players, like for all the players, other than like Patrick Beverly, basically everyone else on the Clippers has had deep runs and just did last year, so they know how to go. They know how to adjust. They know how to react or not react if they fall behind or take a lead in a game. I love my guy, Chris Finch, but... I think that there's a serious coaching advantage for Ty Lue here. We've seen how good Lou has been in the playoffs. He's as good as anyone in the playoffs, really. And as I thought about this game as a Wolves fan, so you mentioned the, the Clippers were 3-1 and one this season. Two of those games were back-to-back, way back the start of the season. The, the Wolves went 0-3 in the first like 15 games against the Clippers. And I remember the first game, the Clippers shot like 53% on threes. Like they hit absolutely everything as they do. Sometimes this is what the Clippers do. So I bet the Timberwolves the next game, we knew on the back-to-back thing, like we see the team bounces back. We see the, the shooting even out and it did not happen at all. The Clippers came out and kind of wiped the floor with the Wolves on that second night. 
we've said all year how the Timberwolves have this kind of gimmicky sort of defense that they're, they're super over-aggressive. They foul a ton more than any team in the league. They force huge turnovers. And it felt like Ty Lue kind of figured that out by the end of the first game and then just doubled down on the second game and the Wolves didn't have an answer to it. And that really scares me in this matchup. The one game when they, the Wolves did win was in January when this matchup already looked like it might be on the card. So I don't even know if the, if the Clippers Paul George didn't play that game. Yeah. Well, and, and neither, I think, did Towns or D'Lo. So I don't know if we can take too much from that one. But I, I just worry a little bit. I, I worry that Lou has this matchup figured out a little bit. I, I want to take the points, though, and not the money line for this reason. The Timberwolves, if, if the Timberwolves win this game, I said this before, this is, would be one of the biggest wins in franchise history. There's a lot of pressure. It's a big moment. I think it'd be possible if the Wolves do win to win by one or two or three points, like to win, but not cover here seems very much in play if the Wolves win or the Clippers to lose a close one. So I think I would rather take the the points here and then get the two outs. Either the Clippers just get the win or you get possibly a close Wolves win. The other angle I've thought about is this. If you want to do the Clippers money line, both of these teams shoot a just a ton of threes. The Wolves lead the league in threes and three-point attempts. So this is going to be a high-variance game, I think. It's going to be a very back-and-forth game. What do we think the chances are that the Wolves are plus 125 in the money line at some point this game, like early on? Pretty high, right? Like when, when the Clippers hit a few shots in a row on, and then play the Wolves on the other side and then just ride out and take your profit? I'm sorry. I like the Clippers just way too much to do that. I, 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 I hear the strategy, and I, I do think at, at, at some point maybe both sides would be a dog. But for me, I just I, I really just think you you get the better team. And it's just like you mentioned the three-point shooting. And we saw this Minnesota Timberwolves team get absolutely torched in, in games in March against the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics from behind the arc. And the way this Clippers team is shooting the three right now and generating open looks, I just don't see the Minnesota Timberwolves stopping them. And look, Carl Anthony Towns is a bit of concern, but I just I think the Clippers are the better team. So I'm I'm going large on the money line. So the Wolves are at BetMGM. The Wolves are plus 700 to miss the playoff bracket. So Raheem, if you love the Clippers here, that means the Wolves only have to lose one more. That's an implied 12.5%. Plus 700 is a pretty long number here. What do you think about that if you like the Clippers so much for this first game? Um, I mean, you're dependent on them to lose to the Pelicans or the Spurs. But they could be a big and dog there, right? You just hedge it. Yeah, like, I mean, you could hedge it. Um, you- I mean, I think, I mean, if I, I'd rather just, to me, I would rather just play the Clippers and then, I can reevaluate after that game because if I I could I could literally roll that over and take the Pelicans or the Spurs and fade them. Yeah, you could do that too. Um, versus Avisa Zubac, who will probably be his primary matchup in this. Hartenstein will probably get a healthy chunk, but I would say Zubac they're going to need for the size versus Towns. Uh, last three seasons, uh, Towns with a fifty-seven point six effective field goal percentage. That's good. It's fiftieth percentile. Um, if we look at at least 20 matchups, it goes to 53rd percentile. So it looks like it's on the higher end of his higher of his higher usage mass matchups. Uh, he does get a lot of points. He scores 40 points per 100 matchups when when defended by Zubach. So it looks like Towns is going to be able to to produce here. Uh, Raheem, let's talk total. Okay, 230. A lot, lot of points here. You like the over, or is you or is the model say say the under? 
it actually likes the over, but it's just I'm a little I'm always a little concerned about these overs when playoff time starts. Um, yeah, obviously. I mean, look, I mean, defense is starting to tight up, tighten up. And it's just I'm a little concerned about it, but my model does like the over. So the I, I think if you're looking at this from a, like a what's a what does a Wolves win look like? It's the Clippers shoot badly. Right. Yeah. That's like what that's what it looks like is the Clippers just have one of those nights where they just can't shoot. Because it does kind of tend to uh, happen. The Clippers are looking at the numbers. The Clippers are 19th in effective field goal percentage. Wolves are 12th. Mm -hmm. And you're going to say the Paul George. And I get it. I get it. I get it. Paul George is very important. But the Clippers also just like shoot like a volume of threes. This is, I think that's maybe the concern with the Clippers is like they're a volume shooting team. Right. And the problem though with this is the Wolves put so much pressure on the ball handler. And if they get the ball out and they don't force a turnover, then they, you're going to create an open three a lot of times versus the scheme. Like that's yeah. one of the big issues here is like you will just inherently like you will wind up allowing a high number of threes. Uh, I have projected under now my numbers are full season and that's obviously going to weight the Wolves early season success defensively a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, I've got this 218. So I've got like a healthy margin on the on the on the under here. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bet it just because that feels I think my, my number's off, quite honestly. Um, and I worry about a number of things. And like if, if the problem here is the, is the variance part, is if the Clippers bomb a bunch of threes and they miss, I'm golden. If the Clippers bomb a bunch of threes and they hit, I'm doomed. And I don't like relying on just three-point variance uh, to get me through on a, on a total. Opponent three-point percentage since All-Star break, the Wolves are allowing the 10th lowest percentage. Per 100 possessions, the Wolves are allowing... Looks like seventh most attempts, but a lower percentage. What do we make of that, Raheem? Struggle with it because I, I saw those games against the the Celtics and the Raptors, and the yeah. Raptors were like shooting like sixty percent, seventy percent from three yeah. in the first half. And it's just I I still operate under like the premise that every game is a data point, and when I see things like that, it was just. It's problematic for me. And yeah, well, I think maybe the take here is like, yeah, the Wolves, the Wolves defense is going to execute versus sloppy ass teams that can't make the postseason. Yeah. And versus well executed, well built, disciplined offenses like the Clippers run, they're going to struggle. And the Clippers are going to be able to generate the shots that they want in this matchup. So, yeah. so isn't the over the play then? Because so since January 5th, the Wolves are number one in offensive rating, 118.7. Yeah. They're number one in three pointers made. I think they're number one for the season on threes. They're number two in free throws made since January 5th. Since January 5th, 122.2 points per game for the Timberwolves. And they're also number one in pace on the season. So if you think the Clippers are going to get open shots and probably hit some of them just because the volume will be there. And the Wolves have shown the Wolves are going to score. The Wolves are going to run and score. And it's at home. So that helps the pace a little bit. To me, uh, the over makes a lot of sense here. If we if we're fading the Wolves defense and if we just are expecting a lot of shots here. How about this? Uh, for the season versus switch defense, which we know the Clippers want to do a lot, Clippers switch a lot, uh, versus switch defense, Minnesota Timberwolves, 10th best in the league. So that kind of projects that they're going to be able to put, like both sides should be able to put up points here. The Clippers are going to bomb threes in four and three situations. The Wolves are going to be able to generate through their offense versus the switch. Yeah. So maybe the over is the play here. 
Yeah, I just I feel like the Wolves are going to score. So the, the, to yeah. me, the question is, are the Clippers going to hit their shots? That's for me. This is every Clippers game ever. Like I've just been out on betting Clippers games for a year or two. It's like, did they make their make their threes? Oh, great. Well, they won. I had a huge comeback. But just I feel like the Wolves are going to get their 110, 120 points, and then it just will the Clippers do it against the gimmicky defense? I feel like there's a good shot at it. And then I, the one thing I will add, since the All Star break, the Wolves are first in pace. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're first about the season. Yeah, 103 possessions. So, Raheem, if you lose this bet, why'd you lose it? I think Brandon summed it up. The Clippers didn't make shots, and I think Carl Anthony. I mean, pretty much Carl Anthony Towns just had a dominant performance. I think he he has to play like a superstar in order for this team to win. And you'll live with that. Yeah, I can live with that. Okay, so we like the over. And we like the Clippers here. Yeah, um, can we do a couple of props quick? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not used to doing props here, Brandon. You gotta remind me. All right, all right. Prop King, right. bring me, bring me your props, please, sir. All right. So Carl Anthony Towns. So he's averaging this season about 25, 10, and just under four assists, three point seven per game. We know Chris Finch has the big men passing more. Towns has played under thirty three minutes a game, so I do think that's one advantage for Minnesota. You're gonna, we know they're good with Towns and Dilo on the court, and you should get like five or six more minutes from those guys. I like the Towns over three and a half assists here. He's been over that number a lot anyways. Joe Delaire and I have been playing that one anyway, plus money at DraftKings too. And we're going to get a few extra minutes. There's going to be a lot of scoring. I like the assists. The other one is this, Paul George. Last year in the playoffs, Paul George averaged 9.6 rebounds per game. Remember that? He was just eating the glass last year. He's for this season at 6.9 rebounds per game. His rebounding line is six and a half, which is too low. And the books know because the over is minus 138, but I think it's way too low. So I want I wanted an alternate here. I was looking at the double-double. Last year in the playoffs, Paul George had 19 games, nine double-doubles, all of them with rebounds, no assist double-doubles. And that's a plus 225. And he did that about half the time. However, I was smart enough to realize if I bet on double-double, I'm actually losing some of my advantage because he might get that on assist. So they're pricing that in. You can play just 10 rebounds alone plus 350 at points bet. So PG is going to play more minutes. The Clippers, the one thing that they're really bad at is rebounding. So he's going to really have to step it up on the glass. He's going to play big minutes. It's going to be probably a ton of shots, high pace, lots of rebounds to go around. So I like the PG rebounding over, but I like the 10 or double digit rebounds plus 350. If we think they're going to make a bunch of shots, why would we want to play rebounds? They're going to miss a lot of shots too. (laughs) There's, there's just going to be a ton of shots in a high-paced game with a lot of scoring. There's going to be plenty of rebounds. So you think it's going to be high scoring, high volume, and efficient from a three-point perspective, but not an overall good shooting night? Yeah, I don't know that it needs to be efficient from a three-point perspective. There, there's going to be like huge volume of shots okay. up. Okay. Uh, Wolves of season seventh in assists created by the screener in pick-and-roll situations versus switch. What that translates to is basically like, let's say, 30 pick and roll possessions versus switch in this game. That's nine assist opportunities at least. So um, convert that. I, I can't hate that. I typically, I don't like taking overs on assist versus switch defense because it's the whole thing is nobody has to rotate, right? Like you don't have to rotate. Uh, I'll say like, I'm, I'm probably gonna be looking at Reggie Jackson um, assist. And I'll be looking at Isaiah Hartenstein points props because the wolves are going to play that scheme at the level and Hartenstein's going to roll and Hartenstein's going to have easy little floaters all the time. So uh, I'll be looking at ball handler assists and Hartenstein finished. I don't want to bet Zubach because Zubach's floater isn't great, but I, I want Hartenstein because he's really gotten more and more of the minutes. So I'll probably be on Isaiah Hartenstein prop for this game. 
That'll be probably a same game parlay for me. Uh, let's go to the East. Brooklyn Nets taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Nets trying to secure the seventh seed, taking on the Boston Celtics. The Cavs trying to upset the Nets and return to the postseason for the first time since LeBron left. Again, Nets minus eight and a half. Totals dropped from 229 and a half to 228 and a half. Raheem, give a play on this one. I'm kind of leaning under. And I mean, the big reason why is that I, I think you're going to get a slow paced game. These two teams, they played the other day. You got 89 possessions and look, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're the sixth slowest pace in the league. They're playing at 96 possessions and in a, a playoff scenario, I think you're seeing more of an 89 possession game. They're also 29th in offensive length of possession. The nets are just 12th in, in pace. They're also 16th in offensive length of possession. So these are two teams that get up and down the floor. And look, I know we talk a lot about the Brooklyn S defense, but their defense isn't that bad. Like, I mean, when you look at the last two weeks, they're 11th at defensive rating, and they are playing a Cavaliers team, which we know struggles to score. So my model makes this game, I think it makes it 230. But if I had to pick a play, I think I'm leaning under. What do you have this the side at here on this game? I have it eight and a half which is exactly where the market has it. Actually, my model makes it 231 and eight and a half. These are post-All-Star break numbers. I got 4.8, which isn't surprising because my, my numbers are not going to like – are going to like Cleveland. They're not going to like Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Jared Allen's going to play. So that's probably three points, and that gets me in the range where I don't think there's much value on this. Yeah. I don't know if I want to bet this. I, I, I think my thing is I'm worried about – I might take Cavs first half because – Cleveland has hung in these games with Brooklyn. They just run out of gas late. They hung in a game versus the Sixers two weeks ago. They just yeah. run out of gas late. Like they have enough to get themselves in position and then they just can't hold on to the rope. Like I'm not expecting the Nets to go out there and beat them by 30. Yeah, I'm not I'm, expecting that either. It's possible, but the Cavs defense and that team plays hard and Darius Garland's good and Evan Mobley's good and Laurie Morgan honestly has been really good this season. They don't have enough firepower. I don't think to beat them. I definitely am not playing Cavs on the money line, right? Yeah, I have a I, I've, I've hedged this perfectly. I had Cavs to make the playoffs and Cavs to miss the playoffs. I got them both 10 to one. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I think, though, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm going to play the side on this. I don't mind the under just from the perspective of the Cavs defense is pretty good. And the Cavs offense is terrible. I just worry about the Nets will just sometimes put up 130 versus good defense just because you're just like, oh, they just found enough shots from Katie and Kyrie and hit a couple threes. And that kind of yeah. gets them home uh, without Allen. I think that that probably improves that chance too. Hmm. I feel like this to, for me, I think this game is going to be a stay away. Brandon, what do you think? Yeah. So I looked at the numbers since March 8th, which is the last, uh, the first game post Jared Allen down the stretch here, uh, the Cavs are seven and 11 in that stretch. Obviously they're missing Evan Mobley for a lot of this too. So the numbers mm-hmm. have to come with a grain of salt, but the Cavs had the number 22 defensive rating over that yeah. final 18 game stretch. And they were 20th in net rating. Brooklyn was third in net rating over that span, by the way. So Raheem, you're right. The the pace is low. The Cavs have been bottom five in pace during that stretch. So I think to me here, what I want to see from the Cavs, it's a one game playoff. I want to see them play like they're like a 13 seed in March Madness. I want to see them do the thing that makes the 13 seed show up, which is you slow it down. You play a lot of defense and then you crank up the threes. That's the formula that we see a lot of upsets in a March Madness style tournament. This is a one game tournament here. So they have the defense, possibly Mobley is back. They're going to slow it down. 
I want to see Garland shoot a lot of threes. I was looking earlier for Kevin Love threes. Love's been firing a, a ton of threes lately. In the last six Cavs wins, he's made three, four, three, four, three, and eight three-pointers in those games. And obviously not playing a lot of minutes either. I think he might play a little more in this one because they're going to need his offense. So if the Cavs do win or stay close, I think it's because they're hitting these threes. But yeah, the, the worry is that the defense has cratered enough without Allen that the Nets are just going to score too easily. So I have a hard time with the line here also. It, it feels about right. Um, without Jared Allen this season, the Cavs have lost 17 times. They've failed to cover eight and a half points, 10 of those 17 losses. So even, even there, the line is, is about right. Um, to me, if I was going to play an angle on the game, I was looking at the Nets team over here, which is hard because we said the pace is probably going to be slow. But the team over at 118.5, just basically banking on KD and Kyrie are going to play a lot. They're going to score. The Cavs defense hasn't been good enough. And you figure that the Nets, with their experience, are probably going to kind of push this game their direction a little bit. So I would lean that way, but I'm not super excited to play a side here. Yeah, I think this this is probably the toughest game to me. And I just think the prevalent sentiment is that Brooklyn's going to go out there and beat them. So you kind of wish this number was a little bit higher, you know, around 10, maybe 11, and maybe there would be some value on the Cavs. But, you know, even though I said I like the under, it's not my confidence level compared to how I feel about the Clippers pick. It's just not even on the same level. So this will probably be a stay away from me. But if I had to take a pick, I would, I would probably take the under. But I'm not, I'm not crazy about the side either. I just don't – it's tough to take points with the Cavs, eight and a half, KD and Kyrie. It's just tough. Now, one thing, if, if the Cavs do hang around or win the game or at least stay close, their offense has been – what they've been good at is really strong on the offensive class. And Brooklyn has been terrible defensive rebounding lately, like bottom three in the last month or two. And they also – Cavs get to the line a lot. And the Nets can be a little sloppy and foul. So I think if you if we see that happening early, if the Cavs are getting some of those easier points, they're going to you – know, again, that's, that's an underdog formula. Like – get some of those offensive rebounds, get the easy putbacks, get some free throws. That's, I think, the way for Cleveland to hang around in this game. And obviously, like, pressure-wise, the pressure is all in the nets to get the win here and, and get, you know, like, they have championship hopes. The Cavs are already playing with house money at this point. So I do think if it stays close late, it will be, it'll be interesting. Brandon, what are your props for this game? I like a couple net props here. Bruce Brown points have been playing a lot down the stretch. He's basically been attached to the hip with Kevin Durant. Like whenever Durant is out, Brown is out there for, for the last like couple months now. Um, so I looked at numbers since March 3rd, which is KD's first game back after the break. So basically that's all we have for real numbers for this version of the Nets team. Brown's averaging 15.1 points a game, and his line right now is 13.5 points. He's been over that in 12 of the 18 games he's played. So that's 67%. So I like that one. He just kind of is out there and gets some easy buckets because you got like four guys defending KD and Kyrie and somebody's got to score for them and he's going to get a lot of minutes. I also like Kevin Durant turnovers here. So again, since March 3rd, since KD came back, 31 points, seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists a game. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. 52, 40, 94 shooting. He's doing a lot of good stuff. He's also turning over 4.4 times a game because... He's handling a lot more. He's 
having a lot more assists lately. He's just got the ball a lot more than he has. He's going to play a lot in this one. If it's close, he's gone over three and a half turnovers, 14 of 19 games in this recent stretch in this version of the Nets team. So 74% hit rate on that. So over on Durant turnovers over on Bruce Brown points. So I had this game, I had uh, Cavs Nets for the Friday game that basically got the Nets the seven seed. And I play Kyrie Irving over on assists. Guess why? The Cleveland Cavaliers play the same scheme the Minnesota Timberwolves do. They play at the level and they want to pressure you. And if you pass it out, then you have wide open layups. So um, I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to same game parlay this sucker. Uh, the Ky- Here's what's annoying. The Kyrie assist prop on Friday that I hit was six and a half. Okay. Six and a half minus one, 110. They've moved it back to five and a half minus 130. So like, I love the value on the, but like, I'll take the higher one. So I'm going to be shopping around to try and get six and a half um, and take the over on that. Because right now that actually has six and a half. So I'm going to go find that. And I'm going to bet that right now. Um, You mentioned Bruce Brown. I would tell you to also grab, if you're betting that I would also, I, I think Bruce Brown points, rebounds and assists might be a good one. And the reason is without Allen rebounding is a little, a little bit softer. And then on the assist front, what do you do if, if you're on the, sh- like if they put two at the level and you're playing four on three on the backside, what do you do? Okay. You're getting killed by, by Bruce Brown dunking and hitting layups. So you send somebody in the inside. Bruce Brown's a good enough passer to kick to the outside and find Seth Curry or Patty Mills for three on the perimeter on the outside. So if like it, what the, what I like about the points rebounds and assist thing is it covers for how the nets or I'm sorry, how the Cavs might adjust to Brown absolutely killing them the other night. Um, that like that would be a play yeah. because he he wound up with 18, 10, and eight in that game on the bet stream that we did. Chirag and I live bet Bruce Brown points, rebounds, and assists in that game, and that hit. Uh, it was awesome. It was absolutely great because it was like he had a monster first quarter, and the live bet, live bet, the live props on DraftKings are always. That's a soft market. I'm just going to tell we you right now. We love you, live props. We love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love you, live props. So, like, that would be my take. Brandon, yeah. is there a reason you don't – That I, I'm more asking you, like, what am I wrong about in terms of the yeah, points, rebounds, the, and assists versus the points? The only thing I would say is I, I might stay away from the rebounds. His rebounding is about 5.7 per game in this, this March 3rd forward stretch. It's just been a little variable on it. And the Cavs are a big team and going to rebound pretty well. You know, so – I, I like the assist angle. He's four assists per game. You know, he used to be a point guard. Like that's what he was supposed to be before they turned him into whatever position he is now. So I agree adding in the assists. I like that angle. I, I don't know that we're going to gain a lot by adding the rebounds in there. So I would just do the points assist line. I think personally. Okay. Well, Raheem, anything else? Um, I don't have anything else on this game. I, I, Wait, just, I got, I got one more. Oh yeah. One more. At Bat Rivers, right now, the Brooklyn Nets are plus 1,300 to miss the play. No. I just, want, I just want to know <laughs> what percentage are you giving the Cleveland Cavaliers to win this game outright? That's the problem, hey man, is like, honestly, even if this was in Cleveland, I would be like, okay, on the road, I just, I'm more like, I think it's possible if they lose this one, I think the Hawks might upset them because like, the Hawks have weapons. The Cavs just don't have any weapons, man. It's Darius Garland. It's like Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro. Like Kevin Love has to score like 30 in this, or Kevin Love has to score 22 in this game or more for them to have a shot. Like I, they just don't have the weapons. This sucks for the Cavs. It just sucks that this is how their season's going to end. 
but oh, it's not gonna. I mean, see that, that one more game. Sure, sure. So, so, yeah, so what I mean, percentage, Matt? Like, you, I know you're not saying that the Nets are 100 percent to win the game. So, what percent? 80. Raheem, over under 80 percent for you. That the Nets win this game. Yeah. I'm gonna go over under 95 percent. Like, wow. I mean, let's be real. Play the money line then. I mean, let's be real. What's the path to the to the Cavs winning this game? You need foul trouble from you need free throws you need dominating the glass you need a lot of three-pointers for the Cavs and you need you basically need foul trouble from KD in a a horrible game from Kyrie Irving Kyrie Irving shot seven for 22 last week and they still lost by double digits who are their shooters Isaac Okoro the the Nets have never at any point been as good this season as we have pretended them to be and not even on this podcast we have called them out as what they actually are yeah. I still just think this team profile is like, even now, this version of the team, which since KD returned has been, I think, third in offense, 12th in defense. Yeah. They profile like like the Timberwolves or the Nuggets. And I, if one I, of those I, teams was playing the Cavs, we would not say 80 or 90% to win. They're just not that good. I mean, those teams don't have Kevin Durant. They got like, this Nikola is, this Jokic. Is just... <laughs> the Nuggets do. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've already established that Jokic is still underrated. But it's like yeah. Kevin Durant is probably – 10 or 15 best basketball player of all time. Like I, So here's, here's where I have the numbers. I, I have Brooklyn about 75% to win this game, 25% to lose, 35% to lose the next game. Obviously, to miss the playoffs, you have to lose both. If you lost 25%, then 35%, your odds, true odds, should be about plus 1,000 to miss. I think there's a little bit of value. I'm not saying play it, but if you already don't like the Nets anyway, or if you don't trust this team, I think that there's value on the Nets. Are you betting it? I'm considering it because I think there's value there. I, I, If it was any other setup than the Cavs here, then I would be betting it. I understand that's the whole thing that you're saying, but I... I think the Cavs are more live than either of you are giving them credit for. No, I don't look, I don't disagree with you because like I'm not betting the Nets either. I'm not betting the Nets on the money line. I'm not betting, I'm not laying the eight and a half. I'm not gonna take an alternate line. Like I don't feel good about it because I don't trust the Nets, right? So I get what you're saying. Um, but my only thing here is just look, this is coming out on Tuesday, right? Like this podcast is gonna come out on Tuesday. The game's Tuesday night. You got a day. Are you gonna bet the Nets to miss the playoffs? I'll have to see. That there's value, there is value on the number. My job is to point out where there is value on the number and there's value on plus 1300. The okay. Nets have a better than 7% chance of missing. I, I know. Uh, I looked at it. I looked at it and tried to talk myself into it and I can't, <laughs> I can't get there. Yeah, I just I, can't get there. This, this is like, I don't think this, that I'll get like there either. This is like saying there's value against Floyd Mayweather or Usain Bolt. Like, it's, I don't, I yeah, don't know. Not, like there may be EV, but that doesn't mean that you should put money down. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the way that goes. I also, for me in general. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I also may have already bet the Nets and missed the playoffs at plus 1500. All right. Let's get wrap it up for buckets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure you keep tuned. We have episodes every day this week and going forward in the playoffs. So excited to get to talk to the guys every day. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow we'll preview the, the nine, 10 games. Wednesday and Thursday, we'll have conference previews. Thursday night, we'll have workshop on the Friday eighth spot games. Stuff all this week. I'm going to have, we're going to have tons of stuff on the Action Network app. Check it all out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets. <laughs>